Good evening, Wool Gatherers, and welcome to episode 168 of Wanderings and Wool Gathering. On tonight's episode, we're going to be reviewing the latest from KMFDM. We're going to look at um, our favorite songs that open records. Intros count as songs, so that really tripped me up on this one, But uh, and a couple other people who picked them. So just strictly songs that open records, our favorite ones, we're going to share those with you tonight. And um, I will have a little stump challenge, uh, Lester Bang style. So if you like what you see and hear tonight, please subscribe, tell your friends, leave a comment, show us some love. Special thanks goes out to our sponsor, the Kokomo Lantern. You can get uh, all of that local news goodness at kokomolantern.substack.com. Sadly, tonight, we will not have Metalhead Monday. Um, he's got some things popped up, needs to take care of, but in his place, I think you will be pleased because we have none other than JPP. Easy listening sounds for the hard of hearing. It's JPP. And a face for radio to boot. Lurking in the dark. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Greetings. We're du we're doubling up on him in that category. So. That's right. Yeah, he had something pop up. JPP, Jeremy Pimple popping. Let me tell you. No, <laughs> sorry, couldn't be here. Bummer. But we, we yeah. will forge ahead. Yes, I'm just pleased that uh, you were able to come on tonight. So the show goes on as planned. Right on. Which I always try to keep the show rolling on our usual time so that everybody knows when to check in. Yeah. Hey, while we're at it, before we get really started, uh, did you watch yesterday's Superb Owl event? Yes, I did. You did, did you? No, I did not. Um, you know, I don't really sports all that much, but uh, got some groceries in. You know, usually it's really nice and dead at the grocery store. So go have my uh, pick of the, the grub. It was a it, it was a chance to eat a lot of food and uh, wait for the Deadpool trailer. Oh, now that I did see. That was great. Yeah, I wish they would have played the whole thing on there at the one time. They must not have wanted to pay for the full two and a half minutes of Super Bowl time. Right. But, um, yes, great trailer. I cannot wait for that movie. Who knows what in the heck is going to happen? No doubt. <laughs> you know, because, of course, Deadpool was definitely not for the faint of heart. And uh, the one little one liner, he's like, I don't have a problem with it, but Disney might. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And they're pulling some of that Loki business in there, which was uh, kind of interesting with the yeah. time variance and everything. Right. Yep. So speaking of Loki, we have a new pup named Loki, the dog of mischief. And uh, the name <laughs> fits. Let me tell you, he is definitely full of, you know, pee and vinegar in the grand scheme of things. Is that a French bulldog? It is. Yep. So we have two okay. Frenchies now. So yeah, those are cool. Heck yeah. He's fun. Well, uh, you know, hopefully he won't uh, poof and move over to another multiverse and then come back and wreak havoc and all that stuff. But uh, so far, so good. He'll just continue to wreak havoc. Indeed, <laughs> within the household. <Yeah. laughs> All right. Well, see, you come on tonight and everything's supposed to be nice for you. But no, Mr. Mundy's not here to pick up the slack. So you're going to have to be stumped or get it on your own. Do you think you can do it tonight? Hey, you know, uh, these days, anything is possible. Life's a gamble. I'm all, I'm all in. Okay. So tonight, the review is over a record. 
And your job is to tell me the name of the record that this review is talking about. I will pull out all of the pertinent details okay. and leave all of the, the fleshy goodness in there for you. I think you're going to get it. I think it's in your wheelhouse. Let's find out. Are you I'm ready? I'm ready. Okay. This particular record may have revitalized heavy metals underground, but their second record was even more stunning, exhibiting staggering musical growth and boldly charting new directions that would affect heavy metal for years to come. Incredibly ambitious for a sophomore effort, this record found this group aggressively expanding their compositional technique and range of expression. Every track tries something new, and every musical experiment succeeds mightily. Do you have a guess yet? Well, there's a couple of groups that kind of come to mind, but I don't know how deep in the uh, eras we're, we're talking here. Mm -hmm. um, I'm kind of thinking Incubus Science. Incorrect. I figured as much, but <laughs> it was... A, a bold, um, I mean, technically it was kind of a debut effort, but uh, it was definitely a, a bold. So you're looking for the second record, though. Yeah. Well, mm. I'm, I think they had another record out before that. That. Oh, I, okay. You know what I mean? That's where I'm coming from. But um, yeah, see, that it's not them. It's not. Um, it's I'll heavy. try this uh, additional line on you. Ready? Yeah, yeah. It's more heavy metal than the new metal stuff. So this is very heavy. The lyrics push into new territory as well. More personal more socially conscious, less metal posturing. But the true heart of this record lies in its rich musical imagination. It's a fast record, I'll tell you that. It's a fast record. <clears throat> Playing Be Fast. Whole new direction for heavy metal. Whole new direction. It's old. Yeah, okay. I'm thinking some, maybe somebody from the Big Four era. You were uh, you were a bit of wee lad when this one came out. No, this was, I'm trying to think what year this was. Early 80s? Okay. Hmm. I'm sure you've seen a lot of these songs live. Yeah, I probably have. Um, is it a Metallica? Uh, it could be. Okay, is this Ride the Lightning we're talking <laughs> it about? It is, yeah. What's funny is my gut was going there, but I thought, surely he's not throwing me a softball here. Well, the reason I went with it is it nothing in there outside of knowing it's the second record, it's early in metal, and those kind of things really gives it away because that could have, being ambitious and aggressive, could have been about a number of different records. So Sure, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Because at that time, I mean, a lot of things were fresh and new in that genre. You know what I mean? So mm -hmm. we could have been talking about Judas Priest in some aspects or even, you know, some of Sabbath's offerings um, as well. I mean, I know they didn't go necessarily as personal, but in terms of like some of the first bits of it could have been pretty interesting to uncover for their second offering, too. Yes. So, all right, I, I guess uh, I, I, I hit a foul ball, but then, you know, I got to walk <laughs> at the end. Yeah, in in golf terms, you got a mulligan, so you're all oh, good. Yes. <laughs> Indeed, you good are stuff. all good. All right, um, so that brings us to our challenge for the week, which I was excited about because every time we review a record, we talked about the opening track. Is it a good album opener? Does it set the tone? All that kind of stuff. So we're going to look at our favorites, and I'm going to tell you there is such a wide variety of first songs that people have chosen that we've all chosen. We didn't match up on any, all three of us. 
That's great. So, uh, 15 different songs. Mm -hmm. So I've got here on the screen, I'm going to share some of the ones that were posted on Facebook. Um, Heat Above. And this one actually came in twice from two different people by Greta Van Fleet. Mm, cool. Um, Destination Home by Scrim. I did try to listen to this and it didn't hit me in the right spots, but uh, good effort. I'll take it. I'll check it out. Um, let's see here. And then the next one, uh, Run DMC, Peter Piper. That's oh, a classic. Heck yeah. Yeah. I mean, and I was trying to find some of the hip hop realm and I just, I was drawing blanks, but there are so many good tracks in, in the 80s era hip hop that would be great bangers for the start of it. Yeah. I, um, I came up with a couple of on my own. And there are a couple in here, but it's just funny as I start looking at these, I'm like, oh my gosh, I forgot about that one. How did, how did I miss that? How did, you know? Right. <laughs> so, um, okay. So uh, we have the House Martins, Happy Hour, Corn, um, Blind, mm -hmm. Green Track, Prince, Let's Go Crazy. That's on a couple of times. Nice. Uh, Evanescence, Going Under, uh, Glenn Campbell, Gentle on My Mind, Classic. Um, Ryman and Steel and Beastie Boys. Oh, yeah. Oh, and one week from Bare Naked Ladies. So um, that one got kind of trapped. It's the top one in there, but I just opened it up over here. And then we <laughs> had uh, Them Bones off of Dirt, which is a great song. Oh, yeah. I didn't, I didn't even think about that one. And yeah. I love Alice in Chains. Yeah. And if you weren't expecting it, I mean, there's a TikToker that used it, but it's like that. Ah! <laughs> mm -hmm. it definitely uh, jars you <laughs> out of your seat. I love it when people on TikTok or Instagram or whatever use sounds like that in a whole new way and just catches you. They're yeah, so creative. Definitely. Uh, we've got Funkadelic, Maggot Brain. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay, back over here. Next one. Where are we at? Sure Shot, Beastie Boys. You could possibly see this one again. Not saying <laughs> you will, but you could. Um, the reflex. I forgot all about that one when they redid that remastered the, uh, reflex. Mm -hmm. That was a banger when I was a kid, sixth grade, I believe. Wow. Yeah. That's good stuff. Public enemy lost at birth off of apocalypse 91. That is a great one. Mm -hmm. uh, let's see here. Prince. Oh, here's the second time. Let's go crazy. That seems to be a popular one. And, uh, the rolling stones made the list. With Start Me Up. That's a classic. Definitely a good mood setter. Have Okay, I've seen yours. You didn't pick any of these either. Mm -mm. Uh, we got Stevie Ray Vaughan. Sweet. Which I love, SRV. That's one of those ones where I'm so glad that I got to see him before he passed. Lucky. <laughs> I would feel, yeah, yeah, I do feel very fortunate. Um, that would be one of those ones that I would be like, gosh, I wish I had only. Mm-hmm. Oh, rise uh, above my black flag that's that was a good nod i missed that i thought about welcome to the jungle because that definitely is a, a great opener oh my gosh I, don't, <laughs> I didn't think about that one either yes i'm trying yeah. to find that one over here so i can read it because it's so small on my screen but um yeah mike shane went to town he, he has two different that's his first one. Oh goodness right with black sabbath black sabbath which is mm -hmm. will appear again tom sawyer we got johnny yep. cash um yeah, as you said, Black Flag. And then he's got Crucify from Tori Amos, Bloodletting, Concrete Blonde. Um, here come the Vultures. Nice. 
Um, I mean, it's just like he he went in. I said I'm going to give him his own segment on our show. There you go. And I'm going <laughs> to I'm going to add to his Blitzkrieg Bop. That's mm-hmm. a great album opener, and it's also a great level one opener on Tony Hawk's Pro Skater. When you start level one, and that's the first song that plays, it uh, <laughs> definitely sets the tone for uh, getting your half pipe on. Nice. I did not know that. I've never played that game. Oh, I played it too much in college. I'm pretty lame. I don't play any games, so. That's all right. It gives you more things to do, like listen to music and run a podcast. Yeah, something like that. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So then we've got Gimme Shelter, Let mm-hmm. It Bleed, which is awesome. Yeah. More Than a Feeling, great, great, great song from Boston. Yeah. Uh, one Step Beyond. Oh, the one thing from NXS. See, there's another one. Nice. Modern Love, Bowie. Mm-hmm. Panic from The Smiths, because we need a little sadness in our lives. Indeed. <laughs> we were actually oh. teaching my daughter how to listen to the cure yesterday oh yeah <laughs> yep just look to the side look mopey <laughs> oh the cure you just tough to beat them uh helter skelter off of rattle and hum that's a good one mm-hmm. and uh shout tears for fears oh yeah um this was uh, this one was kind of out of left field for me for pearl jam this wouldn't have been the one that jumped into my mind but can't keep off of riot act Interesting choice. And the coincidentally, tonight at midnight, I believe, is an announcement on their next record. Oh, nice. Has sneakily been leaked somewhere. Uh-oh. And, and we're going to find out our makeup day on the concert we had tickets for that we missed last year. So, Yeah, I know you guys have been uh, anxiously awaiting that. Much deserved. Mm-hmm. Um, and Prison Song, System of a Down, from our good friend Kevin Rader Rodenbaugh. Nice. From Jack the Radio. Good dude. And I think our final, I don't know if I've got a slide for it. I got to check it out and see. Yep. Jackie Dillman Eirich uh, went with Red Hot Chili Peppers around the world from Californication. Cool. So, you know, that, that actually is a really good track. I wasn't a big fan of that album when it came out, but I, I will definitely give a nod. That's a definitely solid, a solid opener. I don't love chili peppers but sometimes they hit a sweet spot because they do a pretty good groove and they have mm-hmm. good bass lyrics are delivered yeah. well depending if i love them or not does matter so. if you if you let uh chad smith and flea if you let them let it rip it's mm-hmm. i'll tell you that <laughs> <laughs> yeah and then we were talking about um uh last week we did nothing shocking mm-hmm. and flea plays the horns on idiot's rule oh no kidding i knew he played trumpet crazy yeah that is wild that's awesome just an all-around musical dude he is and they have their own little school for kids yes that's right and everything out there which is so awesome yeah i watched his hot ones where he was eating spicier and spicier things and talking about that and (laughs) (laughs) it was a good trip we're we're doing that on this show paul Hey, you know, we should. I am a hot sauce junkie, so. Are you seriously? See, I keep bringing it up, and everybody's like, no, I can't do it. I can't eat anything hot. We have to do it on the show. Heck, yeah. I mean, I, I do have a threshold. I, I am not going to act like I'm the toughest guy on the planet, but I definitely like trying new things. And if it hurts, okay, so be it. I'll get through it and then, you know, dial it down a bit. But I'm not afraid to try some hot sauces. We need to bring us all into the studio. Same one and do it together. <laughs> and then the other one, and um, just say you'll do it, Paul, right now, and then I'll ask you. I'll do it. Sir Stroming. What is it? Sir Stroming. What's that? Look it up. Oh, no. Can fermented fish. Oh, no. Uh Uh-oh. 
I have lost JPP. Um, apparently, the thought of Sir Stroming has sent him running. Oh, yeah, I know. Like, oh, great. What did I sign up for? No, I somehow I uh, lagged and fell off the thing here. Sir Strom, I don't even know how to spell that. Oh, there it is. Yeah, it when you open the can, it fizzes. Like, oh, I have seen this. Oh, my gosh. Mm, yeah. <laughs> okay, we'll do the hot sauce challenge first, and we'll do that. Yeah. So and I did the durian fruit, which is the stinkiest fruit in the world, which is kind of like a creamy, oniony fruit thing. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't terrible. Um, so I'm guessing Sir Stroman will be much worse. Nice. Noted. Well, if you know, people can survive me after sliders. It can't be that bad. <laughs> Okay, so maybe we'll do it in our own homes. Sounds good. <laughs> oh, all right. Well, yeah, we're going to do a challenge, and we're going to have a number of hot sauces, and it would be one question for each sauce. Perfect. It is on. Okay. Definitely. All right. Well, the job tonight was to come up with our album openers, just as we saw from our uh, friends on Facebook. And now it's our choices, our top five. We are going to start with number five and work our way down. And uh, Mr. Mundy is not here, but I did put his up so that you can see what he has chosen. His number five is Prong Turnover. And uh, this was a little before my time with Prong. I, I'm a more recent Prong fan. Mm-hmm. Um, so I didn't. it didn't hit me when it came out like it did you guys. Yeah, this is uh, one with Art Cruz on it, if I'm not mistaken. And you're seeing it live. Mm-hmm. Definitely. And then popping the CD on the way home way too late at night it definitely kept me awake on the ride home so that was a good adrenaline rush to get started on my journey back uh, over an hour back to the household so i i can agree with that saying it's a a good banger to kick off with if you're wondering paul i'm having a little wanderings and wool gathering tea oh nice so and you can buy those i'll make one for you for a hundred dollars Oh, hey, any any fan wants one (laughs) (laughs) steal at twice the price. Uh, Okay, so my choice was public enemy greatest misses and it's tie goes to the runner is a great groovy little song. Mm -hmm. And uh, that was in that sweet spot with public enemy. They had like their first five records were just all absolutely killer. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, you know, that was definitely back when they had a lot more free reign to experiment with samples and breaks and stuff. So there was a lot of uh, edge. That's the word I'm mm-hmm. looking for with the samples. And um, they just had a nice, tight, concise sound. They're, they're uh, what's is it? Terminator X was the DJ. Mm-hmm. If I'm not mistaken. Yeah. He just always had some good ideas melded together. So I'm all in on that one. All right. What do you have? I had, uh, <clears throat> what did I have? I'm kidding. I had Black Dog from mm-hmm. Led Zeppelin 4. And it's uh, certainly a uh, interesting opener, to say the least, because it has, you know, kind of an unconventional groove and kind of starts off with a little uh, synth sound that's vintage. And then, you know, Hey, Hey, Mama, mm-hmm. and the rest is history. And, uh, you know, of course, that album came out way before my time. But I remember when that was one of my Columbia House uh, acquisitions in my 12 CDs <laughs> for a buck or a penny or whatever it was back then. Oh yeah. And, um, really kind of being blown away right out the gate. Um, when I was mm-hmm. taking guitar lessons, I was learning stairway to heaven, obligatory, uh, song at the time. Mm-hmm. And, you know, this hadn't heard this yet. And so that was, uh, one that kind of gave me a really good impression of Zeppelin right out the gate. Yeah. So in your mind, is there a band that has more amazing riffs memorable riffs oh then zeppelin yeah oh you know it depending upon the genre absolutely but i think 
they definitely had a groove. They had a sound and they definitely experimented a lot. Um, and that's kind of why they remained at the forefront, I think. And you just, you can't go wrong with Robert Plant's range. Mm-mm. You can go wrong with Bonham's boomy drums. Um, John Paul, I mean, I, I know I'm kind of fanboying all over him, but they definitely were a nice tight unit for that generation and you know we're lucky that they were all together at the same time to be able to create that yep and they made lots of references to lord of the rings so yep they were nerds as well that's awesome kudos for that indeed all right our number four choices oh look what monday picked kmfdm which we're doing tonight so um how do you pronounce is it how ruck how rook yep Okay, and the song is Free Your Hate. Yes, I remember that that one. Mm -hmm. Good one. Uh, mm -hmm. I don't know why he chose it, but I'm sure it's a banger. (laughs) My choice at number four was the Beastie Boys Sure Shot off Bill Communication. It's a great starter. Absolutely, and some uh, good bass and all that good stuff in there, too. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's a lot of variety on that one. They were the the kings of sampling, mm-hmm. and it, oddly enough, they got you know back then there was a lot of fighting over it. Like it's not real music if you're taking it, you know, blah blah blah, mm-hmm. and you can't steal this and that. And they got it pretty cheaply actually, and they actually got most of it approved when they did their records. So yeah, it was kind of a feat back then. Yeah, and Paul's Boutique was definitely a lot more of an under taking with samples, and they actually had mm-hmm. musicians in the studio, Money Mark, and uh, several mm-hmm. other others that kind of gave them the nice raw sound to go on top of you know what they were doing so this was a a nice kind of a switch up in their era and what they were doing and and i idolized what they were up to quite a bit back then and just dreamed of having Mm -hmm. a studio full of everything from organs to basses to bongos and (laughs) just letting it rip but alas the kid could dream yeah a lot of uh, paul's boutique when they went out to la to make it was some of the riffs and songs were already made for other projects. And then they took them and sort mm-hmm. of made them their own. So yep. pretty neat. Definitely. Yeah. Dust brothers, I think was their uh, production mm-hmm. crew at the time. So man, yep, yep. And now I, I, I really regret sleeping on that album that first time when it first came out, I thought, man, this is not like license to ill, but I was young and then, oh. you know, came back, but you weren't the only one. It tanked. Com- and comparatively yeah. in terms of sales but then as it went on everybody realized oh my god this thing's genius this is yeah. no record you know yep with your bad breath onion rings <laughs> <laughs> yeah some of their lines oh yeah yep <clears throat> all right you're number four uh so i was trying to create a rule where you know it wasn't a single that i had seen and that wasn't well known um from a group but this one kind of broke that rule for me it's head like a hole from nine inch nails but mm-hmm. how can you not i mean it's just you know right out the gate for trent Reznor. and this was his debut across the country as you know this industrial angry undertaking and um we really didn't know him as we do now and um he just really set the tone for the whole album from there and you know looking back compared to some of the uh, you know many of his other works and stuff too it's definitely you know a starting point for him and you've seen him evolve and grow and his sound get more huge and you know he really takes advantage of that pop formula from this album forward that's always Mm -hmm. been the case but you know it works and 
Um, it's really interesting how minimal some of the sounds were on the rest of the album, but this song here really just, you know, came out hot and, you know, you, you enjoyed the ride from this point forward. Yeah, I, I look at this was, this was a game changer record in mm-hmm. terms of that style of music and, and it launched, um, obviously a huge career now a movie career and, you mm-hmm. know, not much he can't do electronically. Totally. You know, and he's, you know, he's had several collaborators through the years and, and, you know, he always has his signature mark on no matter, you know, mm-hmm. whatever it is, no matter what he does, but um, you do see elements of evolution along the way too. And so still a mm-hmm. hero to this day. Yep. He is a genius. I'd like to see him make more music and get out of, um, you know, making tracks or making the, uh, the music like for movies like the. I will say I loved um, recently he did uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, mm-hmm. that movie. And that fantastic score for that one. And the soundtrack was great. So yeah, I, I did like that, but I'd like to see him make his own music again. Yeah. My daughter and I watched about half of it oh, about a week or two back. I need to finish it, but I loved the music and visuals alike from what I've seen so far. Yeah. The art was very original. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, it's a cool take on, on the turtles as well. You know, definitely mm-hmm. a little more teenage and nerdy in some ways. So and awkward. Yeah. Love it. Super fun movie. Oh, yeah. All right. Up next for Monday was Slayer War Ensemble. Yeah. I I slept on. I What I'm saying is I didn't think of that one for this. And I couldn't agree more. That's a great one. Mm-hmm. There's too many to think of every, every one of them. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> There's, think about all the albums we love. They all have first songs. <laughs> so. Right. Exactly. Um. Tell your tell your daughter it's time to get sad because I picked the cure for mine, plain song. Oh yes, which isn't necessarily the best song on the record, but what an opener that really because that record was so different, mm-hmm. and it was another one that was not well received at the time, and people came to love that later. But that going into you know pictures of you and all that love song, I mean, it just really set the tone for a record. So that's like the epitome, yeah. of an opening track, I think. Yeah, definitely. And it, it's almost colorful, you know, for lack of a better way to say it, because it kind of really paints the sonic picture before you get into the rest of it. And uh, that was another one of my Columbia House buys. And uh, Me too. That, I actually went through probably two or three copies of that CD. I wore them out. Mm-hmm. Yep. That was, yeah, we were getting CDs at that point. So yep. my, my game was I would get Columbia House get the new ones. And then I would just let them send them to me and I would hit return to sender and keep doing mm-hmm. until they got pissed and wouldn't send me anymore. And then I would go to BMG and do the mm-hmm. same thing. And so you got all these free records essentially. <laughs> <laughs> Heck yeah. Uh, and then you move because you're in college and you're moving all over the place. And then you just get new, uh, you know, mm-hmm. new subscriptions yep. and do it again. I wonder why they went out of business. <clears throat> I'll never understand. <laughs> uh, it's shocking, isn't it? Right. <laughs> Most certainly. All right, I guess it's my turn. Uh, this album was another game changer in the 90s. Mm-hmm. And I went with Bomb Track from Rage Against the Machine. And uh, what was really interesting to me is the fact that the guitar was clean. It wasn't heavy right mm-hmm. out the gate. And you're getting this little pentatonic. And it's like, man, that's busy. But it sounds cool. The bass is following along. And then the riff kicks in. Zach starts, you know, uttering his 
his words and holy cow, you know, it was the Maxell effect all the way. Mm-hmm. And, um, I mean, the rest of the ride, we all know Rage Against Machines impact on society at the time. And, mm-hmm. uh, wish I could have seen, actually, I did see them live. I wish I would have seen them earlier live. This was mm-hmm. with Wu-Tang Clan right before they broke up actually. Mm-hmm. So they, you know, kind of felt like they were just going through the motion at the time, sadly, but, uh, right. man, you know, what a band. Well, and that, you know, Morello at that time, the way he mm-hmm. played guitar was so different and so nice that yep. they just stood out from yep. everybody the way that they sounded. Yep. And, and they had a point. I love that, you know, everybody always like, keep your politics out of everything. You know, there's mm-hmm. a way to do it in a way that's obnoxious. This is the way to do it. You were going to blast it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you, you know, they mean it. They live it. It was fantastic. Yep, absolutely. Good stuff. All right, that was number three, I believe. Yes. Now we're down to our top two. And for Mr. Money, we had Megadeth, Punishment Due. Yes. That, man, I will never forget the day I got that album. It was a good year because uh, Persistence of Time from Anthrax came out, and then this Mm -hmm. came out. I can't remember which one was before the other, but it was around like a week or two apart that I got these two CDs, and I was in heaven. Um, and of course I had seen the video for this song before I got the CD and, uh, man, I struggled to learn that riff and I still struggle with it too, just because of the, mm-hmm. uh, some of the picking complexities and whatnot. But I was so pleased with Marty Friedman's work on this album and, um, especially this song, cause he has like the kind of exotic middle Eastern solo in the middle before it goes into the second mm-hmm. part and stuff. And I could go on for hours, but nonetheless, hell yeah, Mundy. <laughs> That is JPP approved for those of you playing at home. All right. My number two, um, I really waffled on this one because, you know, Gish had I am one mm-hmm. and then Siamese dream had chair of rock. Yeah. Either one of these could have been there. So I'm going to say, I'm going to say that chair of rock would be my runner up or one of my um, honorable mentions. Mm-hmm. And the only reason I switched between the two and went with, the one from Gish is because for me, that was another sonic game changer. Those, uh, the way that he uses his snare, it, it's like the high pitch and it, you really hear it throughout all of these songs on Gish. It's more pronounced even than their other records. And it's so heavy. Mm-hmm. Um, nobody sang like Billy at the time or probably still doesn't, but um, sure. it was just kind of like a new package. It was a lot like Rage in that way mm-hmm. that nobody else sounded like them. And there weren't many bands that came out during that time that cruised through as successfully as they did that weren't grunge. Right. Yeah. James is another one that kind of fits that mold. But grunge, I've talked to a friend of mine recently, just kind of killed everything. Yeah. Just that dominated the radio. And if you weren't grunge, you weren't getting airplay and probably killed some careers. I don't know. Um, Yeah. I mean, there's been some definitely some bands in the hair era that would. I agree mm-hmm. with you on that one, <laughs> but yeah, no, they disappeared pretty much. Right. Yeah. Um, you know, in some ways it was a nice break, but you know, looking back, it's like, man, I really miss some of those, uh, players, but mm-hmm. dude, they're still, you know, it's good to see them back. Uh, I wanted to go see living color and, um, you know, as you'll see on my selection here in a minute and extreme, uh, mm-hmm. they were in town last week, but didn't work out, but man, that would have been great to see. Well, where were they? where did they play? Uh, they were at the old National Center in the uh, okay. So. Oh, they were in the Egyptian room. Okay, yeah. I thought maybe they'd been in the theater, but 
yeah, standing room and, you know, a couple of friends went and said it was a great time and all that good stuff. So I've, you know, not to get in the weeds, but I've been battling vertigo off and on. And um, it's one of those things where it's like I knew I probably shouldn't go and I nailed it because I was actually feeling rough that night and I probably mm. wouldn't have been able to stand. So oh, heck with that. Hear that. <laughs> mm. it's too much headbanging, man. I'm telling you. <laughs> <laughs> could be a good whiplash yeah exactly well that's a perfect segue into your choice yes yeah, so living color um cult of personality this is definitely one that was a single you know i kind of broke the rule again but you can't go wrong vernon reed is uh, a hero in many ways to my uh guitar journey you know i've never tried to emulate him but i've always admired and um appreciated his style mm-hmm. um I, I take that back I've, I've definitely had played my guitar up a little higher um here and there and you know saw the merits of it and you know it's just a matter of trying to find that comfy sweet spot and i definitely tried the more the higher elevation for a bit and found that it was a little more ergonomic if i was a tad lower but nonetheless I, i'm digressing this song is fantastic just a great opening riff great groove great drums great lyrics um you know i really love the way they use samples in it and and the music video is cool not to mention the way they break down at the end and it gets kind of double time and stuff too so it's just a a great song and a great way to get you into living color and i've been a fan for life ever since i heard that song now did you follow and get all the other records when they came out or listen to them? Yes. Um, I, I will say that, you know, it, as I've gotten older, it was hard for me to keep up, but I definitely had uh, the sec. I have the second album still. It's in my, my ride. As a matter of fact, I pop it in the CD player from time to time. There's some really cool tracks on it. Um, and, you know, forgive me. I'm not the, like my memory is lapsing on, on some of the other efforts, but you know, it, it's really hard for me to hear something from them and be disappointed, to be honest with you. So mm-hmm. Corey's got a great voice and musicians mm-hmm. are always just solid across the board. So no complaints. Gotcha. <laughs> All right. Yeah. I did not follow after that. Um, I didn't even know they were still going to be honest with you. Oh yeah. Yeah. So, but I'm glad because that initial stuff was pretty good. Most certainly. All right. Drum roll, please. <laughs> All right. Mr. Mundy has chosen Black Sabbath, Black Sabbath. And that was the uh, second time we've heard that one tonight. One of our listeners chose that one as well. Excellent Cannot go choice. wrong with that one. No, sir. That band had a little bit of talent. Sounded okay, if I remember correctly. Am mm. I correct, Paul? They're not too bad. Not too shabby. A couple of those guys maybe even made a career of it. I yeah. Know. Yeah. They're not selling shoes down by the seashore. <laughs> No, no, no. One of them retires frequently and then returns frequently. (laughs) You know, I'd love to do that. Mm -hmm. And this time I mean it. (laughs) Yeah, I saw him on his retirement tour before he did another tour. Oh, no. (laughs) (laughs) But I was so glad I did because, I I mean, he was still very fit and able to run around the stage and do his Mm -hmm. thing. He sounded great. Um so I was really thrilled that I did get to finally see Ozzy live. That was cool. nice. Yeah. Yeah. I know that he's not been doing too hot as of late and he's still rooting for him. Nonetheless, I hope nothing yeah. but the best. He can still sing, which is crazy. You would think that as many health problems as he has, that he would lose it a little bit, but he hasn't seemed to. Well, when it's in your soul, you got to get it out. I can totally attest to that. Yeah. Okay. It's no surprise what my number one is. 
But my number one is really one, two, three, four, and five because <laughs> I just put one on there. But really, mm-hmm. the answer was twenty one twelve, and then the spirit of radio, and then mm-hmm. Tom Sawyer, and then subdivisions. And that was you know the three of those are my favorite three records in succession probably ever. And then Caravan from their very last record. It's a great album opener. So I kind of cheated. Um, but you can't go wrong with that record and Tom Sawyer anyway. So right. yeah. that was my number one. Well, they've always done it right in that regard. So no, no complaints. Um, did I see some rumblings that they're wanting to get back into making music and or possibly tour again? They, I, I think... They definitely have the itch to make music. They they cannot mm-hmm. not do it. And Alex, you know, he had a record recently, and then they're working on a second mm-hmm. one. Um, Envy of None is that group, and that was a yes. good little record. Getty was doing. He had his his big book of bass tour, mm-hmm. and then he had his book, and he was doing a tour talking about the book. And he just had his show on bassist, which was awesome. If you haven't watched that yet, you should. It is really cool, and you just realize that Getty is one of the nicest people on the planet. And uh, but they've talked and in interviews, they've said they they have not ruled out playing Rush songs and they haven't ruled out getting back together and creating new music. But I I think one way or the other, we are going to see those two again together. That Yeah. And, you know, it's hard not to do that. You know what I mean? It's like I don't think Alex would. uh, I'm sorry. I don't think Neil. I'm saying I I think Alex and, and Getty would want the others to carry on is what I was getting at. I'm sure Neil yes. would still live their life and, and and that's a vital part of their legacy and who they are. So it's, you just can't take that away. And people online yell and say, it won't be the same. No, it won't be the same. And nobody said it would be the same. Right. But two surviving members who love to play. Right. And created, help create that music should be able to play it if they want. Yep. No regrets. You got to live your life. So. And there are some amazing drummers who are fanboys who mm-hmm. would love to step up and play with them. And it would be amazing. And they've already done it a couple of times. Yeah. So let's roll. Let's get Danny Carey out there for a whole tour. Right. Let's do it. <laughs> exactly. Uh, he would be my choice. Probably. Yeah. Well, you know, considering it's going to be 2032 before we see another tool record. That's right. He's got time. Yes, exactly. Uh, I'm all in on that one, too. Cool. Yeah. <clears throat> all right well my turn um yeah this uh this was the album opener of all album openers to me for me for the fact that uh man you got this fading in harmonizing lead in reverse that i just couldn't wrap my head around in my early musical days and i have since mm-hmm. you know played it in reverse in, in audio editors and heard you know it's actually not that hard but it just sounds so challenging the other way around of course you can't play it in reverse but but it's just so beautiful the way they just said hey let's just flip that around and start off the the track and it's like that's really cool i rewound it and listened to that part a few times on many occasions and you know of course when the riff comes in and then comes in with the main riff after that and you know it's just high octane right from the the get and uh man you just can't go wrong with that it was definitely when i first heard this album it was this and peace cells winston let me borrow both cassettes for the summer vacation mm-hmm. both of them scared the crap out of me i was terrified and delighted <laughs> at the same time <laughs> thus began my journey as a metalhead nice this was actually the first metallica record that i purchased really yeah yeah i, I hadn't heard the other ones but i had never bought anything so this was the first one i bought 
Nice. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. I remember this was the first one I listened to. And then I went and bought uh, Kill Em All. And I'm like, man, this is completely different. You know, I didn't know what to expect as a kid, but uh-huh. fell in love with it and then got Ride the Lightning. And then <laughs> went to Hills with my mom, bought Master mm. of Puppets, and I decorated a little tiny tree in my room while listening to Master of Puppets. And I thought, man, you can't get any more metal than this during the holidays. <laughs> And, uh, you know, kind of went in a b- bizarre chronological order, but uh, mm-hmm. it was definitely a great ride. And it's so funny how that moment still sticks with me, listening to Master of Puppets, decorating a little tree with bulbs and lights and <laughs> all that stuff. That's, I think that was awesome. in seventh grade or something at the time. And you went to Hills. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Man. Yeah. Those were the days. Mm-hmm. I can smell the Indeed. popcorn now. Did Hills have popcorn too? Oh yeah, they Under had that big does. Yeah, when you first walked in the the opening doors, right huh. there was that center with the little food court, and they it, popcorn would just hit you right in the face, you know. And it's like, I'm here for t-shirts, not snack, but give me some popcorn. <laughs> well, sometimes I just go to Rural King for fun and eat popcorn while I shop. Right, get a duck, you know, a chick, mm-hmm. rabbit. Sometimes I do. <laughs> <laughs> not yet, but I might. And th- all right. So my, um, I just had, a, I, I knew we, I, I really kept myself down because I just started going, okay, this one, this one, this one. And I got to a point, I'm just like, okay, never mind. I'm going to stop because I could go on all night. But these are some that I feel like are really strong candidates. So these were my, my next four or five honorable mentions. My first one was uh, Matthew Sweet, uh, Sick of Myself. Off oh, of yeah. Mm-hmm. He, he's an underrated musician in my mind. Uh, yes. Second one is Volbeat, The Devil's Bleeding Crown, off of Seal the Deal and Let's Boogie. I love that song. Uh, NF, The Search, off of The Search. Oh, that's Great a good song. one, yes. And Immigrant Song from Zeppelin, off of uh, Zeppelin 3. Definitely a good Those one. Those are my honorable mentions. Nice. I kind of struggled because I was busy today as I was trying mm-hmm. to come up with ideas. Um, the first one that came to mind, because it would be more of a tie within like the Nine Inch Nails and stuff, was Thieves by Ministry off of The Mind is a Terrible mm-hmm. Thing Taste. That's um, great. Good old fast riff and great mm-hmm. tune. Um, also, uh, I can't remember the name of the band, or the, the song. Um let me look it up real quick while we're talking. The oh, um, the band Hum, their album "You Prefer mm-hmm. an Astronaut." They had a single called "Stars." Uh, their first uh, first song, "Little Dipper," was definitely a fun journey. It was a little more slow, kind of grindy, but definitely a really great track and really got me into the band as a whole um, more than the single at the time. Um, just really, really enjoyed it. And uh, they actually came out with an album not too terribly long ago, and I listened to it and. Man, they're every bit every bit as good as they were back in the nineties. Yeah, I don't know that song. I know the band. I'm gonna have to go. What was the name of the song again? Uh, this song was called. Let me, sorry, let me pull it back up again. Little Dipper. Little Dipper. They had okay. a single called Stars. It's like she's out back counting stars. And um, yes, that's the one I know. Yeah, it had the uh, zebra on the album cover. Mm-hmm. Yep, definitely an unsung uh, hero of the nineties for me. Cool. I'm going to pull that up of there. Cool. Because you're lurking in the shadows. We need you bigger. That's what she said. Anyway. <laughs> All right. Oh, excuse me. Well. 
just for the record. It's a yeah. Yeah, sure it was, Paul. <laughs> it was the microphone. Uh, well, that was a fun challenge. I don't know what our challenge is going to be next week. We will have to talk about that off air. I will post it again because I love getting everybody's comments on it and their choices for things. Yeah. Um, getting a lot of good songs that I hadn't thought about in a long time or some that I haven't even heard of so I can check them out. Heck yeah. Oh, that's awesome. That was love it. Definitely fun. And, you know, uh, I said it when uh, in the comments on last week's episode as I was lurking and eating my dinner that, you know, sometimes back in the day of cassette and vinyl, as you mentioned, the B-sides were also some killer openers, too, to kind of yes. set the mood post-intermission. Agreed. Oh, we have a comment. Uh-oh. Do a challenge where you pick out the top five. <laughs> I'm going to put this on there. I'm pretty sure I know who the uh, viewer who posted this might be. Do a challenge where you pick out the five best physical qualities of Josh Kiska. I don't know who Josh Kiska is, but I'm going to wager the singer of Greta Van Fleet. Oh, okay. Well, maybe like the uh, outer 10% of the eyebrow right here, the way that hair kind of comes to a taper. That <laughs> I'll give props on that. Uh, maybe perhaps uh, the five o'clock shadow when when the mood so uh, sweet his sweet stash. Yeah, indeed. And um, I'll just you know go for uh, raging metabolism, being able to eat and drink whatever you want and not gain a pound. Period, JPP. <laughs> <laughs> With hard eyes. Okay. <laughs> Thanks for playing along. All right. We got one little last piece of business here. Yes. And it is the new record by KMFDM called Let Go. At first, I read it as Let's Go, but mm -hmm. it is not Let's Go. It's Let Go, as the first song tells us. Um, I don't go nearly as deep with KMFDM as you do, as Mundy mm -hmm. does. So um, you might give us a little intro before we dig in to this record. Yeah, so KMFDM, I won't do this justice as well as Mundy would, because um, he would definitely uh, delve deep into more of the history. Uh, there were lots of speculations on what um, the name meant. Uh, I think it's settled on Keiner Machfer didn't demitleid. I don't speak German, so please apologies in advance for... Uh, um, you know, butchering my my German there. Please forgive me is what I'm getting to say there. But I think it means no pity for the majority. Uh, they were definitely uh, an early namesake in the industrial era. They were I think they were involved with wax tracks, if I'm not mistaken. They had some um, at least they had uh, some projects involved on wax tracks, maybe even side projects like I think Excessive Force. They had some members of KMFDM in that. Um, N. Esch was a lasting member. I don't think he's in the group anymore, but Sasha Konietzko is mm -hmm. definitely the formidable member of the group that has remained to this day. And um, he's definitely interesting. He's always the spoken word voice uh, of mm -hmm. the group. Um, and he definitely has uh, a consistent sound, uh, very commanding in, in a lot of ways. And, you know, with that said, this album kind of has a different feel even with that commanding tone and um you know just as a quick you know kind of a quick glaze i found it enjoyable um their other works have always been intense uh lots of kind of dance feel and and groove to it great guitar work and it's blended well so it's not like um a metal band where it's like the the driving force it's a piece of the rhythm as well um and 
always working with vocalists to create good hooks and choruses and things too. So the, mem- the, the music is catchy while sometimes being intense and um, just a, a good variety of, of feelings <laughs> across the board. But at the end of the day, you're definitely getting um, a butt shaker in, in the mix somewhere. <laughs> yeah. And it's funny, you mentioned Sasha and that commanding voice, but my, I think my favorite moments were when the uh, female singer, Mm-hmm sings on this i think those for me were the better songs yeah and i think listening to this and i've listened to a couple of them a couple other records and i think your description is spot on because you get it's very eclectic it's all over the place where it loses me a little bit is when it borders too far on that dance club feel Mm -hmm. I, i don't like that kind of music necessarily so like for instance the first song let go Mm-hmm. Parts of that song I like. It's catchy. Um, it, it's got a good driving force behind it. The lyrics are kind of fun. But then there are some parts where it really gets dance clubby. And that it kind of loses it for me. So I would say it's a decent album opener. It definitely sets the tone for what we're going to get. And it's mm-hmm. upbeat. Tempo's good. Um, just a little too much of the club for me. Sure. No, I, I can see that. And this is it kind of threw me for a loop just because of the fact that it, it feels more happy than what I'm used to with uh, KMFDM. I mean, they do have some upbeat things going on. Don't get me wrong. But this particularly had more of a, a positive vibe across the board. Um, mm-hmm. You know, still cool, but I, I'm with you on that, too. It's like, you know, at some point, I feel like I'm going to be a wallflower, you know, with a drink kind of waiting for the next tune. Yeah. Uh, the next song was called Push with an exclamation point. Had that strange intro, kept talking about, I promise I'm going away. Um, mm-hmm. I, I wasn't sure where the song was going because there's that whole verse is pretty repetitive and there's not much musically going on. And then um, and then when it kicks in, there's some cool little funky bits to this one. And yeah. I thought the song took off a lot better. And I like that one better than Let Go. Yeah, uh, I do the funk. Yeah, I definitely enjoyed the guitar work a lot on this. Definitely had uh, nice riffage, real tight and concise. And um, I, if I'm not mistaken, I believe they sample the guitar pieces too. So they may process them a little bit. But either way, if, as a loop, it's always really tight and just fits in the groove. So again, it's kind of part of the groove, not necessarily the driving force. Yeah. Uh, next Move, is that the next song? Yes. Yes had a a little electronic singing modulation on the voice to Mm -hmm. start that one. And this one for me was okay. Didn't grab me. Nothing there that stood out um, as Push did. Yeah, this this gave me some throwback industrial vibes in in some ways, more electronica, kind of like the soundtrack to The Matrix and, you know, bands like Gravity Kills and um, God Lives Underwater, where the like these synths are real kind of pulsing and and driving the the pace of the song. Um, It's it's cool. It's you know, I wouldn't say it's a ballad, but it's certainly like the slower kind of more somber mood of of, uh, the album. Yeah. Airhead was the next song, and at, to this point, this would be my favorite song um, on the record. I like her voice on this song. I like the message. I think, you know, this whole kind of theme of going against the grain of what's popular and fluff and all that, but I think the lyrics were playful and fun, and they made allusions to things that we all know. Yeah. Um, and I, I think her, the way she sang it, that message uh, of her being different from these things came across clearly. 
I really mm-hmm. like that song. Airhead, good one. Yeah, and this is kind of, <clears throat> excuse me, uh, a, a stark contrast from my experiences with KMFDM in the past. It definitely has more of a single vibe to it, and you know, it's not an insult by any way, by any means, but you know, it, it's definitely Sasha trying something new. You know, he's not afraid to experiment, and that's a, not a bad thing at all. And I think that it's really interesting that you know. He, he went with a real simple formula. He wrote a real effective song. And, you know, I'm sure it was a collaborative experience with his group members there, too. But nonetheless, they pulled something off that I feel like they I've not heard from them before. And, and they did so successfully. Yeah, good one. Next up is Turn the Light On. And uh, this one had a really cool line. The power of the people can overturn the people in power. And uh, this is what had a, a kind of a driving force behind it because the message was empowerment to the people. Yeah. And I kind of dug this one. It was good. Yeah. And the guitar is kind of a, a you know, driving groove. Got It's got some funk chords going on in the background mm-hmm. as well. And um, it just has a, a really good kind of uh, upbeat drum beat to it as well. And I thought the production was was really nice on this. The mm-hmm. vocals were textured and they, they cut through and, and they have kind of a filtered vibe to them as well. So mm-hmm. just really adding to the, I, I guess, raw nature in some ways, because when you're uh, creating a message like that, you know, it almost kind of has to sound like it comes from the streets a little bit or, mm-hmm. you know, uh, from a megaphone is what I'm getting at. Mm-hmm. And I think, too, it fits with industrial, especially mm-hmm. with groups like ministry. You expect some kind of a message about power. Yeah. And so you get a song like Airhead, which is not even remotely in the ballpark, but it's great. And then you get back to this, you're like, okay, we're back here now because this is where I expect them to be. Yeah. So uh, the next song is Touch. I didn't have a lot on this one musical, uh, musically, but uh, Mm -hmm. another great vocal performance here, I thought. There were some of the talking electronic parts with Sasha I didn't love, Mm -hmm. but... The, there were some really strong moments of the vocal performance, especially the female singer that I really dug. And this one has one of those. Yeah. And I, that's one thing I, I failed to mention on some of the earlier songs, too, is I feel like, you know, <clears throat> sorry, uh, I need to go back and listen to some of the more recent efforts prior to this, too. Mm-hmm. But his voice processing is different than what i'm used to like the earlier albums they were definitely real heavily distorted when he spoke Mm -hmm. so they were really saturated and kind of melded into the mix here they're a lot more clearer and clean and concise and i really like the tone of it uh, overall it's just an interesting take to me um but Again, just being a, an adult and a dad, sometimes things fall through the cracks and uh, I failed to keep up on some of these efforts from them. So mm-hmm. I need to go and see, you know, if that's been an evolution or if this has been a, a stark contrast to the other KMFDM efforts, too. But overall, I'm, I'm really pleased with hearing it. It's just it's different to me. Yeah, I agree. Um, how do you pronounce the next one? A cloning? Uh I'll I'll say that yeah El Koenig uh, we may have to go to IKEA to find out. <laughs> I didn't look it up, and I don't have any notes on this one. And I'm not sure why. I have notes for every every song except for this one. You couldn't find it in the warehouse when you were shopping to sure. check. Out. I got stuck on those stupid Swedish meatballs, and I never made it to that department. <laughs> That's it. It's exactly it. <laughs> um, this is definitely an industrial song too. It, you know, it's got like the 
kind of the general synth sounds, I call them, you know, they, the horns, the strings and stuff like that and distorted drums and things. And, um, you know, it's a fun one for sure. I will say that, you know, while listening to this album, there were times where when I got busy, I didn't really listen in depth uh, mm-hmm. as much as I would like to have. Um, and I, I think during that time, I, this kind of fell off for me just because of that fact, but I will have to go back and listen to this with more uh, intent. Yeah. Um, okay. When the bell tolls the next song, I think this is my favorite song musically on the record. This one has the most killer bass groove that sort of swells and rolls and it's up and down. And with that, it's got these really smooth little drum beat. It's not like the other ones you always think of like heavy pounding and we're drumming. Now this mm-hmm. one softened up the drums a little bit to go with that that bass movement that this one, I almost called it a movement because it's not mm-hmm. like you're playing a bass. It's just yeah. this woo, like up and down. That was so cool. Yeah. Um, so musically, this was it for me. Yeah. This one's really cool because um, kind of what you're talking about there, it's real subsonic where you're dealing mm-hmm. with the real low frequencies of the bass. So you're not getting that high mm-hmm. Uh, definition and so it just kind of rumbles in the background mm-hmm. and it gives those drums room to be softer and they have a nice kind of a pulsing groove with them mm-hmm. the hats are really kind of you know airy and you they know feel so, soft yeah exactly and it, those contrasts really work nice because you can really play with the mix and then you know her vocals she's kind of speaking over it and stuff and then she's not having to really over embellish on top of it and it just gives you a chance to really play with the dynamics i agree that's a very fun one uh, and then i think smartly wisely however you want to say it in this part of the album, Monday and I talk about a lot. We get in this lull in that mm-hmm. mid two thirds or whatever of the record where it kind of falls apart. I think they were very wise here with Totem E Eggs or whatever it's called. Yeah, they it it switches gears completely. It goes super high tempo. Um, yeah. it almost needs it with the record so you don't get lulled into this you know valley of oh this isn't very good. It just smacks you right back in the face. It's almost like a thrash version of industrial here. Yeah. And um, really fast and rolling. It's good. I like this one a lot. And I think it was very smart of them to put it in the spot on the record. I would say this is classic KMFDM in, in a lot of ways. Because when you get into like the album Angst, particularly mm-hmm. Drug Against War, uh, it had a thrashing rhythm and, and intense guitars and things like that. Uh, it, it definitely gives a really consistent feel for for that era and then to that there was actually a time i think it was around the late 90s or the early aughts uh they came out with uh an album called mdfmk they were kind of rebranding themselves Mm and uh it was a a a different kmfdm i couldn't speak to the full history of it but the guitars were real choppy and chunky and sampled kind of similar to this one too so you know maybe a callback to a little bit of what was going on then as well okay uh, the penultimate song on the record is WW2023. And again, they switch it up here. Musically, this one's all over the place. It it kind of switches tempo and switches gears a few times. But then they hit me with the horns. <laughs> it's right. like, what a breath of fresh air on the record to, to add some horns to it. Um, yeah. Get some brass going with all of that industrial. And it was really, it was really good. And for me, I wish this would have been the last. Right. Yeah, no, exactly. It uh, it definitely had kind of the, it could have gone many different ways. And then it went into dub reggae, you know, it had the Mm -hmm. nice 
chunky mm, mm, ow, mm, ow, mm, the horns and nice low subsonic bass and just a slow groove it was uh it was a good jam yep and that does bring us to the album closer which is filet manchego claret and blow i don't even know how you say bring it back but... one no mustard <laughs> exactly <laughs> and it's for like 49 seconds long it starts to take off and then it just stops Right. And I actually was sitting at the table and I didn't have my phone, so I couldn't see what it was going on. I was like, what did I just lose the you know, my headphones shut off or something? And so it it failed as far as an album closer for me. It did not tidy this one up and put a bow on it and send it off. Yeah. I wish they would have ended with the last song. Yeah, I agree for sure. Cause you know, it's, it's a, it's a bummer when, when groups do that and unless you're in on the joke, <laughs> sometimes uh, it, it is a disappointment. I don't, I don't know what the intent was with this one. Um, I can't remember the name of the song, but there was a song on bloody kisses by typo negative that mm-hmm. has this jam that goes on for a long time. And you know, you're into it, you're kind of lost in it for a long time and then it just stops hard mm-hmm. and there's nothing else. And you're like, wait, wait, what? <laughs> you know what I mean? But that was their statement, if you will. So it was a, you know, you, you got it. Um, this one is just kind of a quick little, it could go someplace, but all right, goodbye. Yeah. It, the joke is probably in the title that we're so stupid and unilingual right. that we don't know what it means and yeah. you get the joke. Yeah. I should have Googled it. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah. I didn't either. Can we have a fan out there? Google it, please. It's yeah, too please. Much for us. Right. I can't type right now. <laughs> no, I sound like a sixth grader. I'm so tired. So the question then becomes, mm-hmm. what is our score? And will we listen again? I'm going to go first. Yeah. And I'm going to give it about a three. Um, okay. There were parts that I thought were really strong. Some parts I didn't enjoy a little too clubby at times. Uh, a couple of songs that just were kind of, mm, you know, I mm-hmm. give or take. Will I listen again? Not as a whole record. But there are a couple that I would pull out, and I don't normally do that, but I would definitely pull out when the bell tolls. Mm-hmm. I'd pull out um, Totem E Eggs. I would pull out WW 2023 and Airhead. So I would those four I would definitely listen to again. Yeah, no, I can I can get on board with that. I would add push to that mix too because I really mm-hmm. like those guitar parts. Um, but yeah, I think I'm going to give it about three and a quarter. Honestly, um, I I will probably put this on again and, and listen i definitely want to go back and revisit some of the other offerings you know of course i can't go wrong with the earlier albums that i know and love for sure but i'd like to kind of catch up on the discography in fact after listening to uh last week's episode you guys made me catch up on some sound garden so you know oh yeah yeah it's good to freshen up on things from time to time so yeah uh, i got kim thale uh, kind of running through the corners of my brain it's uh, <laughs> good stuff i need to do that with uh, sasha and, and crew as well um, but yeah, I'll, I'll give it a listen again. And much like you said, I, I think I'll have some particular ones I would gravitate toward more than others. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Decent. What, what year did they come out? Do you know? Uh, I want to say they were probably around in late eighties, mid eighties, something like that. Um, right around the same time as ministry. Yeah. Probably in some form. Um, when the wax tracks movement was happening, they were grabbing up everybody they could. And, um, I know that they had some, um, involvement in some way shape or form i i just my memory is kind of slipping you know off the cuff here i did have the well i still have the black box set from wax tracks and mm-hmm. has several artists that were on from the early days and cam fdm was uh had one track on there as well as uh, excessive force which was a side project and many of al and 
Paul Barker's uh, side projects from ministry were on that uh, compilation as well. Awesome. And it won't be long before we do have some new Uncle Al. Yes. Uh, it was supposed to be out before. Something must have happened. It got pushed back. Um, his songs are as biting as ever. Oh, um, yeah. He's an old curmudgeon, and I love it. The yep. more angry he is, the better it is for us, I think. Yep, exactly. Well, we'll just have to ask some friends of ours who uh, work with a gentleman that produces an engineer's ministry and try to see if we can get some inside scoop, huh? <laughs> yeah, that would be awesome. We'll get Uncle Al on the show. What do you think? I would love it. That would go so poorly. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> and that would be the best thing ever. Yeah, he would hang up on us quick. Um, so before we do get off of here, do we have any updates from the Phoenix Supernova? Um, well, the updates have been, I've been kind of down and out and had a lot, a lot, a lot of stuff going on with a vertigo, um, Mm -hmm. be just work and new pup and all that stuff too. But, um, I'm still working on a sci-fi score for a buddy of mine. Um, Mm -hmm. we're supposed to meet this month. Uh, I'm actually voicing over a character as well. Um, really excited about that part and, you know, writing the score for the episode, uh, Phoenix Supernova, you know, I, when I get a chance, I do work on some tracks. I was actually going through, uh, some of my saved, uh, sessions and pulling some of them out and writing some notes, um, revisiting some. So I think I've got probably about eight or nine to work with now, um, that I want to kind of expand upon idea wise and, uh, really worked on my system and my workflow with my hardware here so I can really um, work quickly um, Mm -hmm. and all that good stuff. But uh, also I've been working with my other metal project, Wartime Kids, Mm -hmm. and it's kind of an angrier outlet and having some fun with that too. So, um, you know, after the holidays, I took a bit of a break, but I'm I'm ready to, uh, you know, put put the uh, gear back on the power button, you know, turn it on and uh, let it rip again. Awesome. Can't wait to hear some of the new music and in fact tonight special treat jpp is going to play us out right on yep are you are you ready i am right before i uh, before i do so i'm going to give myself a shameless plug you can find me on instagram at uh, just plain paul or the phoenix supernova or even at the wartime kids so uh or wartime kids without the, the feel free to uh you know stop by and say hey <laughs> it's on instagram as wartime kids yes thought i added you i don't think so okay well i'll have to you know get off my uh arse and do that (laughs) all right so and and you can find me everywhere because i just get around so sorry i'm a little out of tune there we go all righty so this is uh an oldie and you see if you can recognize it You really did go back into some old Cornell and Soundgarden. Yeah. <laughs> I would sing, but I don't sound like Chris Cornell. Uh, yeah, well, that's Kurt Cobain anyway, so. <laughs> oh, what the heck am I doing? Yeah. Oh, that's all right. Yeah, no, you're good. Yeah. It's same that's, era. Yeah, it's, well, that's off of uh, the second, the third record, actually. Yeah, the, the Heart-Shaped uh, Box. Yeah, Heart-Shaped Box. Yep. Yeah, there was a guy I saw on YouTube doing a baritone cover. In fact, uh... okay, well, my, my pedal's not, oh, there we go. It sounds better lower. 
you know, just nice real brooding tones. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, um, I definitely, uh, been kind of picking my finger style back up a little bit too. And, um, I try to stay diverse when I can. (laughs) So what, what got you clicking back into Nirvana? Uh, well, hit watching him play that. And actually the Conan O'Brien podcast, he had, uh, Chris Novoselic, Dave Grohl, mm. uh, Steve Albini on there as well. And I can't remember if Pat, I think Pat was there in the interview too. Mm. They were just talking about, you know, making that record and, uh, being out in the boonies and prank mm. calling Gene Simmons and countless others and <laughs> all that kind of stuff. So, uh, just, it's always, he- it's cool to hear the backstory of an mm-hmm. album. It's like you hear the record, you feel the magic, but just the goofy day-to-day things that influenced it in some weird way is always equally fascinating to me because it's like, you got to live life to mm-hmm. create the byproduct. Yeah, no, that's awesome. And Chris uh, Novoselic was on Getty's bass show. Oh, nice. I need to catch that. It's on Paramount, I think, right? Yeah, he is an interesting dude. Yes, I agree. Yeah. Yeah. You'll be shocked when you see where he lives and what he does. It's oh, awesome. nice. Very cool. Yeah, yeah. Well, I'll have to uh, take over the TV one night and, and uh, watch it. Yeah, there you go. All okay. right. You got anything else for us tonight? Uh, thanks for having me on. Good to see everybody. I'll uh, try to come up with some free time and, and pop back on again. And hopefully I can bust Monday's chops next time. Yeah, you are welcome anytime. And as another special presentation to Mr. JPP, we're going to hit you on the outro with a little Juno 19. Until next week, we should be back Sunday at 7, our regularly scheduled time, with another album review and a challenge. So please come back and check us out then. If you missed it tonight, you can check it out on my Twitter page, at Foggy's Pal. You can see us on the Wanderings Wool Gathering YouTube page. You can also find it on the Wanderings Facebook page. So there's no excuse for you not to see this episode. None. Except for if you didn't hear about it, then I can maybe let you go this time. (laughs) Don't let it be a habit. Right. All right. Juno 19. Bye, everybody. See y'all.